Street to our next meeting. At the last all-town gathering where they held a census, 4,000 people called the city limits home. Of course, city limits meant a pretty large area sprawling through the already isolated Smokies. Not a lot of people, really, but enough to keep a few restaurants, a dive bar, and a brew pub open on Diablo Lake Avenue, the main thoroughfare bisecting the town, and the only way back to the series of roads leading to U.S. Highway 441. The counter, which was purely a daytime joint with limited food and drink options, shared the left side of the street, along with the Red Door Inn, the aforementioned pub. At the farthest end of the street lay Pete's, a creepy, windowless building where the old guys in town hung out to drink all day while bitching about the government and avoiding their spouses. It wasn't dangerous in there or anything, but your shoes stuck to the floor, and she'd rather pee outside than even go into a bathroom stall there. Luckily, Katie Faith was headed to Salt and Pepper to catch up with Damon Dooley, who sidelined as a realtor in addition to running the general store with his twin major. Diablo Lake was isolated, on purpose and by design. They were far, far off the already remote U.S. Highway 441. It kept humans away during most of the year and gave the citizens of Diablo Lake the anonymity and safety they desired. But such isolation meant in order to pay bills, the denizens of Diablo Lake had to be creative and perform a variety of jobs. During the summer and fall, many locals hired out as guides to the surrounding Great Smoky Mountains National Park to save up money to get them through the generally hard winters at closed roads and isolated them even further. But they were witches, who had a solid and very important connection to the earth. Being so far out in the wilderness was good for them and shifters, werewolves like the Dooleys and Pembreys, and big cats like the Cuthbert and Ruiz families, all loved the freedom to shift and run wherever they liked. Guide work was a natural thing for them. They were good at it and made a hearty living. Some of them even did backcountry and snow tours during the winters. Pale green eyes met hers as she walked through the doors of salt and pepper. Damon sat at a nearby table drinking a Coke, working his way through one of the diner's signature mega-burgers and a huge pile of french fries. The man was easily six and a half feet tall, broad like the rest of his kind, the kind of gaze that never missed a thing, even as he'd been flirting with his server. His deep black hair was short just then, but Katie Faith knew when it got longer it grew into curls any girl would want to run her fingers through. Not that she ever had— Damon Dooley was so far out of her league she had to tiptoe just to see the edge of it. Didn't mean she couldn't look now and again. Summers in Diablo Lake were her favorite time. The boys went shirtless, and the shifter boys let their hair grow. All work hard muscles, long hair, and perfect teeth. Katie Faith smiled at the memory, and suddenly moving back didn't seem so very bad at all. Katie Faith slid into the booth across from Damon. Hey, Hey, Katie Faith, how's your daddy? Damon's eyes softened from flirting to concerned. He's doing good. He starts his physical therapy on Monday. Thank goodness for Amy. She found a physical therapist agreed to come out here three days a week to work with daddy at the clinic. He nodded. Major told me to let you know he'd come out this weekend to see about adding some railings to the front and back steps. She'll make it easier for your dad to get in and out of the house without help. She had been gone too long because as she heard that, tears welled up.
the outpouring of love and support for her dad had touched her deeply. Damon gave her a moment to get herself back together before he spoke again, filling her in on the rentals and places for sale available in her price range and desired area, including an apartment above the mercantile, which the Dooley Wolves owned and operated. Given the very possessive nature of werewolves, she needed to avoid any part of town controlled or dominated by Pembury wolves, otherwise they'd lay claim to her, like a chair or the last piece of pizza. I don't want anything in the Pembury part of town. She said it quietly, even though no one around was Pembury. It was still a small town, after all. Smart to keep your business quiet, unless you wanted everyone to know it. I'm going to suggest you want to be in town, or at least very close, in the middle of winter. True. At least if she lived in town, she could walk to the counter if the roads got bad, or the power went out. The market and mercantile would be close enough to get her...